Good afternoon, Southern California. It's great to be with you this afternoon. This is your host sitting in, my final day, Mike McIntosh, and it's been a joy to be with you. And uh, we have some very interesting subject matters coming up in just a couple of minutes. Our good friend Barry Stagner, who specializes in Bible prophecy and world news, is going to give us an update. Uh, Dr. Tom Phillips from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They have contacts all over the world, and he has some updates on what is happening in Afghanistan with Christians today, now, while we are here. And um, we'll have uh, Detective Carlos Avias from the NYPD, former uh, union rep for all detectives in the NYPD. And he has some 9-11 insights. Uh, we served together when the towers went down, and um, he's doing a special outreach this September 11th, we'd like you to know about and pray about. I'd asked my friend um, Ann Graham Lotz to be with us yesterday or today, and she tried. She's very busy getting ready for a seminar she teaches uh, every year in uh, the Cove above Asheville. The Cove uh, uh, Center is a great place to retreat to. So she said, you know, Mike, I just posted a prayer online And I said, do you mind if I read it? And she said, no. So she is sending her love to Southern California and to the body of Christ. And this is the prayer that she has. While I am intensely preparing for my Cove seminar this weekend, I cannot shake the very heavy burden I feel to pray for Afghanistan. The following is a summary of how I am praying as I pour out my heart before God. Please join me if you feel led. Creator of the universe, ruler of all, Lord of the nations, are you not the judge of all the earth? If my heart is broken and shattered over what's taking place in Afghanistan, what must your great heart feel? So I come to you and I plead your mercy for your people who are now hiding in basements, caves, any hole they can find, knowing that demonic forces will not stop until your people are found and slaughtered. So I pray for your people, followers of Jesus, to be supernaturally protected and delivered. Send your angel armies to surround your people. As you did for Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6, blind the enemy so they cannot locate your people in hiding. Didn't you teach us yourself that when we pray, we are to pray that we would be delivered from evil in Matthew 6? So deliver your people by any means, please. But if you do not, and if you allow your people to be slaughtered, then I pray that you would give dying grace to each and every one of them, men, women, children. Fill them with your natural peace. Give them a vision of heaven opened for them as you did for Stephen in Acts 7. Open their eyes to see you, Lord Jesus, standing at the right hand of the Father, waiting to welcome them home and give them a martyr's crown. And then I pray, yes I do, for the fullness of your wrath to fall on the evil perpetrators, whether they be in Kabul or Tehran or Washington, D.C. Holy God, avenge your people. I know you hear this prayer, and now I wait to see how you will answer. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Surely it is time for you to be glorified in all. Well, that was Anne Graham's prayer for 
Afghanistan. And uh, we're going to ask our friend Barry Stagner to give us some world news in light of prophecies uh, like Anne's prayer. It's time, Lord. Please come and rescue your people. And uh, then following up is going to be a friend of Anne's for many years who's going to give us some live updates here that he is in touch with concerning the Christians that, uh, that are dying today and yesterday. And we need to pray. We need to pray. And uh, Barry, are you plugged in with us? I'm here, Mike. Good to Super. be back with you. Good to be back with you. Thank you. Um, did you hear Anne's prayer that I just read? Yes, I did. You know, um, she uh, she's a unique spiritual lady. And uh, when, when I was in uh, Iraq, uh, some of the places that people hid, she mentioned, <laughs> and that's what happens. They're going door to door with Christians and trying to kill them. They're not given any leniency. But give us some updates today that are fresh to you, Barry, that could help, you know, just to educate ourselves, our audience, um, on what we should be looking at and thinking and praying. Well, Mike, I thought uh, the interesting part uh, of that beautiful prayer that Ann offered uh, was that she had prayed for God to uh, avenge his people. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a thought uh, that's foreign to many people today uh, in the Christian world, and they don't don't necessarily have their minds go to that kind of uh, thinking or prayer. You know, and David, uh, in his imprecatory prayers, would often uh, call out to God for victory in battle, and uh, as you read Anne's prayer, I couldn't help but think of Psalm 119, 126, where the psalmist said, It's time for you to act, O Lord, hmm. for they have disregarded your laws. And really, that's the season we're in right now, Mike. We're in a season where uh, so many things that have been a part of our country's makeup and, and so many of the things that have made our country great uh, have been voided and disregarded. And we are paying the consequences uh, for them, and I, I think it's a righteous prayer uh, to call out to God to act on behalf of His people. I mean, we look all the way back to uh, the Exodus story when uh, God was delivering His people from Pharaoh, and the Lord said, "Between the third and fourth plague, Moses told Pharaoh, I'm going to make a difference uh, between my people and your people, uh, that you may know that I am the Lord." And really, I think that's a, a cry that is coming out from all of our hearts, and maybe. Uh, and just verbalized it so beautifully for us. But, Mike, I think really one of the factors that we're seeing today uh, that is dominant in the news, especially in church news, is exactly what the psalmist said. They've regarded your law uh, as void, or they have uh, disregarded your law. And we're seeing this on, on so many different levels, Mike. And I think for the last time uh, we're going to chat together about this on the air, uh, at least today, I, I think uh, one of the important things for us to remember is we're going to see in a birth bang life progression things moving toward their ultimate fulfillment during the tribulation. Mm-hmm. And that would include the things we talked about over the past couple of days, the wars and rumors of wars, the ethnic tensions, uh, the famines, the disease and plagues, as well as the uh, seismological and atmospheric events and anomalies that we made mention of. But there's another thing that uh, is specific to the coming age of the lawless one that Paul talked about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 
where he said there was coming a time where, uh, for this reason of not receiving the love of the truth or disregarding God's law and word, uh, that God will send them strong delusion. And I think that's probably one of the primary things we're seeing today, um, Mike, where it's not just, you know, biblical truth that's being basically revamped. And the word delusion actually means to lead to error or to cause to deceive or fraud. And uh, we're seeing so many things said today that are that are outside of, of science and fact and truth and, uh, you know, certainly pertaining to biblical truth, but it's really an interesting thing we're seeing today, Mike, and this is all in preparation for, as God said in, in Second Thessalonians to Paul, that he will send them strong delusion that they would believe the lie. And there is coming uh, an ultimate lie during the tribulation, uh, and that is that the Antichrist is going to declare himself to be God. Hmm. And that when that uh, act takes place, that's what the lies of tribulation period and uh, remind the listener, we're not going to be here for any of it, thank the Lord. But we're seeing just this abandonment of basic facts and truth, uh, which is a Bible prophecy, just like we talked about with Second Timothy chapter 3, and the perilous times that come in the last days, and the char- character flaws that make it uh, perilous. And we're seeing this manifested in Afghanistan, uh, you know, by the mistreatment of people. Uh, we're seeing the same thing in Iran. Uh, we're seeing this in China. There's over a million Uyghur uh, uh, prisoner camps or people in prison camps. Those are Chinese Muslims and others. And uh, just this mass uh, basic mistreatment of humanity that's part of the last day scenario. Hmm. And uh, we're seeing the love of many grow cold. Yes. And um, probably uh, I would maybe even go as far as say for us as Christians, this is a primary sign uh, that we are near the end. I think what you started with, Barry, is so close right now, Second Thessalonians 2. And uh, not just lawlessness. Jesus said lawlessness will abound. Paul said uh, there will be lawlessness. But the verse you're quoting is the lawless one. And there are many government world leaders that are lawless today and doing things to the people of their countries that uh, really are not under the law that of their constitute like ours. We have a lot of things going on that are pretty bogus. And the delusion, um, would you mind reiterating that? You gave a definition of what that word means. Yeah, the word delusion used there in Second Thessalonians uh, is uh, that which leads to error or causes deception or fraud. Mm. And, and Mike, we're, we're seeing this manifested in so many ways today. Uh, you know, and I always find it interesting that the church is viewed as anti-science, and uh, we're not that at all. Science is the study of of facts regarding chemistry and biology, and we're all for that. Uh, but what we are against is making things up that are not scientific. And you know, here we live in an age where there's terms like uh, gender fluidity, where uh, supposedly under this particular element, uh, you know, you can decide what it is that your gender is. And, you know, in these these recent days, they've separated sex and gender. But if you look up gender in the dictionary, it says your sex at birth. I mean, they're synonyms. They aren't separate uh, uh, aspects of your, one's identity. And if you're 
you know, uh, chromosomal arrangement at position 23 in the chromosome chain is XX or XY. You're either male or female, and that's the end of the gender list. And yet today we've got uh, even like the American Medical Association recently recommended eliminating any box to check regarding a sex or gender to be removed and simply say at the top of a birth certificate, you were born. And, uh, you know, this, this lends itself to, you know, later you being able to choose your identity. Well, I'm sorry, that's not good science. No. Uh, good science is your biological makeup and construct at birth is the sex that you are. Now, you may have feelings that are opposite of that, but it doesn't change the fact. And really, that's where I think, Mike, we're seeing this spirit of delusion uh, mm -hmm. that is sweeping through the world. Uh, Long-held uh, beliefs based on facts, including biological and uh, other scientific disciplinary facts, uh, are just thrown away, even though we recognize them and, and allowed them to determine truth for millennia. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they're out the window because feelings and emotions rule uh, over facts and science. So it's just it is a, the we are in the age of delusion, like leading up to uh, that mm. great delusion. Because I agree people with you. Do not believe that. the truth. I, I agree. I can see that. And when you bring that point out that people can choose who they are or what they are, that is saying that they're God. And so a delusion and a lie is being spread. And when the younger generation, if the Lord weren't to come back soon, they've all bought into this their whole lives and through the education system and what's going in this year in the education systems. They are putting themselves in the place of God in this man of lawlessness, the son of perdition. I think his team may not know who he is yet, but they're brainwashing the world right now and when he comes and speaks, he is going to capture everybody's imagination because he's the one that has designed the lie. And uh, he knows how to talk. And everybody's going to say, oh, this is him. This is, this is the one we've been looking for. This guy's got the answers. Yeah, he's got the answers. And uh, he's the one that wrote the questions, probably. And it's, he is the son of perdition, <laughs> which means the son of the devil himself. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. And he's called the father of lies. Uh, yes, you know the the initiator of, of lying for one, but then he's going to tell the granddaddy of them all through the the beast of Revelation 13 when he sits in the most holy place of the third temple and declares uh, himself to be God, and mm -hmm. uh, that's when uh, things uh, ramp up during the tribulation and go next level, so to speak. But Mike, we're we're thick into it. I mean, it's just really incredible the things that are presented as fact and the animosity uh, by people who think differently. And, you know, mm -hmm. Mike, let me just say this for the sake of the audience, too. You know, the fact that we believe that something is wrong doesn't mean we hate anybody. And you can believe that there are things that are biblically prohibited uh, that are wrong in the eyes of God, who is the only one qualified to define morality. And there are things that we believe that society and culture disagree with. But that doesn't mean we hate someone. That doesn't mean we're anti-science. It just means... We believe God's word is true, and that we have every right as citizens here in these United States to stand up uh, for our ability to speak the truth in love. And, uh, you know, if we have to remember that Congress is what is prohibited uh, from violating the First Amendment. The restriction is placed on them, not us. They're not allowed to write laws 
that restrict free speech uh, or or make it into hate speech just because it's one's religious convictions. They aren't allowed to restrict religion or the freedom of the press. And yet here we are, where is if you disagree with the cultural trends, uh, you're a hater and a bigot. And this is all part of the grand delusion. Yes. And people that want to believe the lie, they have as much right to say, well, we don't agree with you, but why should they hate? That's the hate speech side. Um, when they even make the laws that says you can't speak, but they're not saying it in a way that it bumps up against the Constitution. And that's deception. That's delusion. That uh, freedom has been taken and challenged. And the other thing that gets me, Barry, is that we're a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And yet, I don't know one name of anybody in authority that voted about this uh, lawlessness that's going on or about the gender changing or all the modern day things when we have Christians that are being beheaded this afternoon in Afghanistan and we have American missionaries trapped and and uh, they're being searched for by the Taliban. And so the media plays up stuff that has nothing to do with what the big thing is. Our country is disrespected right now, and we need to yeah. turn back to God. Is that about our only hope that you see, Barry? Oh, uh, absolutely, Mike, and I'm glad you brought that up about Afghanistan, because we had a, a year or so ago, we had a huge movement here in the States called the Me Too movement, and uh, women standing up and, and demanding things, that some that they should, others were... Uh, probably a, a little outside the box, so to speak, but equal pay and all that. There's nothing wrong with those things. But, you know, that was the kind of the idea that women have been oppressed. And yet here we've got that same group that is silent about what's going on in Afghanistan, where because the Taliban will rule, the country will go back under Sharia law, uh, which means that women cannot attend school. Uh, they have to be uh, with a chaperone, whatever they go a certain distance away from their home. Right. Uh, women are not allowed to participate in government, even though the Taliban has said, you know, yeah, we, we want to see, you know, everything uh, move forward with women involved in government and all that. Sharia law doesn't allow for that, Mike. And yet here we've got, you know, this, this huge movement, this movement that marched on Washington here in our own country. And yet right. there's not one word about the oppression of women in uh, Afghanistan or, right. or any other, uh, you know, uh, ideology-driven countries where women are, are marginalized. And that's part of the delusion, too, Mike. Yes. Barry, we just are coming up on a break. And I um, want to thank you for the last three days of the time and effort you put in to help us here. I really appreciate it. And nor did the same people applaud when the women were given freedom in education, and other things in Afghanistan. It's sort of bigoted, I think. So thank yeah, you, Barry. strange. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike McIntosh, and I'm filling in today. And we want to thank you for listening today. We'll be right back with Dr. Tom Phillips and an update directly about Afghanistan. Thank you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for staying with us. And if you just joined us, this is your host sitting in today, my last of um, three days, which has been a great joy to be with you in Southern California. 
And um, we are looking at some very serious issues right now around the world and the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to biblical prophecies, we can see signs. And so Dr. Tom Phillips is with us, and uh, we are going to let Tom give us some insights of waking the church up to what's going on in Afghanistan. Tom, thank you for being here this afternoon. Thank you, Mike. Yes, we've been getting a lot of intel today from our ministry partners around the world. As you know, the um, Taliban has said that they're the kinder, gentler Taliban, and um, they started out by shooting a woman who went out from her house with head covering uh, for not wearing her burqa. I saw the picture of the family kneeling by her body. Uh, Another woman family told the story of Taliban soldiers coming to her door and knocking uh, three times. And the fourth time she opened it, they asked for food. Very poor woman. She said, I can't cook and feed you. And they beat her to death. Uh, Victory News shared uh, that a mass open grave showed Taliban people shooting uh, people that were unloaded from trucks and they just fell into the hole. Parents had their limbs severed in front of their children before they were even hung, and they were hung, pure evil. You may have heard that Calvary Chino Hills, Pastor Jack Hibbs, sent out an urgent prayer request today for 229 Christian missionaries from his area, his church, his denomination, who have been sentenced to death this afternoon by the Taliban. So what we are seeing is Muslims in some ways perhaps killing Muslims in the first uh, items I shared with you. But what happens when that occurs is people realize this is not a God of love. And they begin to depart that religion because of the treatment. And Mike, as you know, throughout the Middle East, individual Muslims are seeing Jesus in their dreams. Yes. And um, he's saying to them, follow me, and they're doing it. And so when we hear words like great awakening, reset, restore, renew, revive, um, Satan always tries to counterfeit everything God does, but they cannot counterfeit his love. And this revival that's underway globally is because God is the creator of this planet globally, and he is bringing love and unity. We got another intel today from a very large Christian ministry that always remains anonymous. And in that particular intel, they were praying from the Middle East that God would come to those who hate them, would bring dreams, Jesus would show himself, and that there would be a revival among the unsaved, among other religions. In the human heart, there's a God-shaped vacuum, Mike, that you know only God can fill. And God promises us this in the Word of God. The Father says, darkness is black as night, covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord will rise. And even the people who are in the Middle East are praying for that. The Bible says, He, God, uncovers these things out of darkness. So in the midst of this deep darkness, God's kids, God's underground church, are praying for their persecutors to meet Jesus. The Bible goes on and says, and God will bring the shadow of death to the light. So Jesus spoke to his disciples saying, 
I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we know the greatest power on earth is not governments. It's not in our country, Washington, D.C., but it is the, the God we serve, the one who went to the cross and gave his life, bled and shed, said, I'm coming again. He is coming again. So God is saying to all of us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And we just have to claim God's word that says the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So regardless of the motive of those who would kill God's creation, God's children, God's children are praying for that group to be saved if they've been saved. And most of these people who are praying in the Middle East, were Muslims, very religious, who are now followers of the true and living God. Wow. I, I just had my Bible open. I want to read part of a psalm, Psalm 37. It goes along with what you were just saying, Tom. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, and do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. And that's the righteous justice of God. Um, I, you know, I, I was in northern Iraq a couple of times in debriefing survivors from ISIS uh, that were either rescued or escaped, uh, girls, uh, women. There was one group um, that the entire Christian village was slaughtered. The men watched as their women were uh, just brutally dealt with in front of them, and then they killed all the men and pushed them into a pit like you just talked about, these trucks dumping the the men in. Uh, Their crime in the village was they were believers of Jesus. And there was one boy, Tom, he was 13 years old, and uh, he's the only survivor of his genealogy. He was the last living person in his family chain, and the Lord spared that boy. And we just would you mind praying we have a couple minutes left here would you mind praying tom for the believers that are they're they're frightened they're scared i've i've been with these people and talked with them and i understand what they're going through but it's it's something that american christianity just needs to wake up to please pray for sure, them mike father we know how much you love us and we know that All of these people in the Middle East, whether they believe, know you or not, are still our brothers in creation, our sisters in creation. Those who are our brothers and sisters in Jesus are standing tall. There is an underground church, but we got word last night of 
I don't know, 10 to 12,000 known Christians. They were receiving letters in the night saying, you will no longer own your home tomorrow. So, Lord, they're petrified, and they are letting us know that they're standing for Jesus in the midst of this. So, Father, you uh, can touch the hearts of those who are doing this. You can bring a change. Mm -hmm. You've told us to pray. So, Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, put a hedge about them, Father. Protect them just as surely as you protected Mike and others and just blinded the eyes of Soviet border guards when they took Bibles into Russia. You can blind the eyes of some of these Muslims who are really causing beheadings, taking young 12-year-old girls as their brides, going into the villages and making the village uh, elders give a list of all the women 40 and under who are widowed or unmarried, down to 12 years old to be brides of these men. Oh, Father, darkness covers the land. But you are so powerful, you can bring your glory to this situation in ways we don't even comprehend. Make us sensitive in this nation as to how vain we are and how perilous our nation is. We are the whole world. We're part of your creation brought together. And we want to pray for the whole world to be renewed. We don't want to be selfish, sit here and not worry. We do worry. We are concerned, but our heart is resting in you, and we claim your power for the sake of our brothers and sisters, for your protection, for your movement, for mm -hmm. your great awakening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we ask everyone, please, please pour your heart out to God. We have American missionaries and ministers that we know of that are trapped in the midst of this and can't get out, and they're looking for them to behead them. So let's go for it in prayer. Thank you so much, Tom, for the last three days of helping us. Thank you, Mike. What an honor. God bless everyone. Let's continue to pray. Cry out with desperate prayers. As yes. Billy Graham said, I'm praying for an old-fashioned Holy Ghost, heaven-sent mm. revival that will sweep our globe mm. from end to end, point to point. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, gives us a lot to pray about and to be aware of and see if we're shallow or if we have any depth in our soul. Uh, this is a horrible time for the world, and everybody is looking back at our country. What happened to America? And that's how quickly a world power disappears. This is your host today. I want to thank you for being with us the last three days. I'll be right back. Uh, this is Mike McIntosh. We're going to have a radio break in just a couple of minutes, and we'll be talking with Mr. Mike McCarty, an expert in his field, and you'll want to hear the things that this man has to say. God bless you. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for staying with us. If you've just joined us, this is your host for this afternoon, Mike McIntosh. And um, it's been a joy being with you the last three days. I've learned a million new things. And my heart is just broken about how America looks to the rest of the world right now. If you're not following that, uh, you're missing a part of world history at this time because it makes us look really badly uh, to the rest of the world. And now China is threatening to uh, take over Taiwan because they know that we're weak. Uh, our government is weak. Uh, we're not weak. Um, we'd like to see you praying more. Our country can change in 18 months because of a flu bug 
and imagine what's going to happen the next 18 months and accept our light shine. Uh, People aren't going to know there's hope in this contrast. So please remember to be in prayer for our country, for our leaders, for everyone that's involved in helping secret missions to get the Christian pastors, Americans, and missionaries out safely. Um, The last time we heard, there was already starting beheadings of believers, and we need to stop what we're doing and wake up. Wake up. I want to read to you something really wonderful that David wrote, one of his longer psalms, 24 verses, but I'm not going to read all that, just a few of them. It's always touched my heart. He says to God, uh, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made. Uh, sorry about that. I And uh, I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written down. The days that you have fashioned for me, when as yet there was none. And how precious are your thoughts towards me, O God. Do you realize that there is a book with you in it, your frame, your sex, your DNA, your chromosomes and genes, the, the color of eyes and hair, how long you are, tall, tall you are, your fingers, your toes, everything in the book, your substance. He knows everything about you. And he's given a day that you will leave planet Earth and go to heaven. We call it death. But it's going to be new life if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. He said, oh, how precious. That word precious is precious. Can you imagine the God whose right hand spans the universe? That's 15 billion light years today. It'll be larger when scientists get better telescopes. 15 billion light years wide. And then in the book of Revelation, when you see him, he shall wipe away all your tears. Imagine a hand that powerful, that big, and so gentle to touch your face. Just ask yourself, how many people my whole life have ever been allowed to touch my face? I'm not talking about being in a fight, getting punched or slapped, but I mean you loud. I know on one hand you could probably say, well, my grandmother, my mother, my wife, my husband. Just think of that. He's a gentle God, a beautiful God. We have Pastor Tom Worthington with us. He pastors in Crown Point, Indiana. Tom, are you with us? Yeah. Ah, thank you. Thank you for being flexible today. It's been kind of a little crazy day in the studio. Yeah, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted you to uh talk to the audience a little bit about how you see uh from a pastor's point of view, you're in the Midwest and you have different issues than the Christian community in Southern California. But you were 25 years a veterinarian in Chino, so you know Southern California. But now you're in a place that's a little bit differently and a different culture. What could you say to encourage Christians to become better disciples and deeper spiritually? Okay. 
Are you there? Uh, better disciples and, uh, and, and to grow spiritually, you said? I'm sorry, Can did you hear my question? You said to be better disciples and? Yes, a deeper relationship with God. Okay, spiritual growth? Or? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, you're. you're so you want to do that, right? Yeah, I did, but but your phone is uh, kind of fuzzy, so we'll we'll drop you for right now and try to call you back. Okay. All right. Thank you. So, there is a difference of culture. And speaking of Afghanistan, their culture, the Middle East culture in general, let alone Afghanistan, is a different culture. And I wanted Tom to be able to share with you. He's lived in our culture in Southern California. And then for many years, he's been a shepherd, a pastor in Indiana. And having uh, spent some time there last summer doing evangelism outdoors in many states and cities, um, I began to see the differences of people in our own cultures. We have so many cultures that make up our culture. And part of the culture is actually aimed at the flesh and it creeps into the body of Christ, which is no fun at all for us to have two walks, one that we're in the flesh and one that we're in the spirit. So when we have a situation like this in Afghanistan, we need to wake up, uh, and why that we should wake up of, of all cultures is that we have people from Southern California that are hiding from these radicals because they are missionaries and they are pastors that are training other pastors. And they are hiding for their lives. And I have read text from there that some of these dear people don't think they're going to live through this. And being, being where we are in society, we have it really, really good. High taxes, but where do you get more sunshine than this? You know, and so our value systems need to be challenged. And I'd like to just challenge you. Take some time in prayer before you go to bed tonight and read the Psalms and let God speak to you through the Psalms. When Tom Phillips was speaking, he was saying things that I read that were the thoughts of King David in Psalm 37. And when you find that this word is the same as Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever, you've got an eternal relationship going with an eternal God. And he loves you. And he has put a limit of days on each one of our lives. They were fashioned, as he said in Psalm 139, and how precious your thoughts are. Then David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's where revival starts, is in our heart. It starts with you and me. And if two of us get on fire, our souls just burn for the Lord, people will see our good works and give glory to God. But if the two of us have two more, and those four become eight, and now there's 8,000, God's going to do something in our country because we're under the hand of judgment and it's getting worse every hour. Would you please consider, even during this break, 
that you would spend some time to pray for your brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, both the Americans, the Canadians, the Europeans, and the Afghanistan brothers and sisters. God bless you. This is uh, Mike McIntosh filling in today, and I am happy to be with you, and I hope you're listening today and learning some things. We'll be right back with Mike McCarty from a wonderful ministry of law enforcement and protecting people. You'll be amazed at what this man does.